I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Brittany Holmes. She is the author of the 212 series. She last appeared on this podcast for episode 331 when we talked about her book, The Writ 212. Now we're talking about the prequel, Second World, Warnings 212. This series is sci-fi and fantasy, but so much of it is highlighting issues of our world you know, that we're dealing with now in technology, AI, and you know, more. This is an awesome read. You'll want to know when the next book is coming out, you know, like tomorrow. Uh, no pressure, Brittany. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And oh, by the way, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that? Say a few nice words and uh, how about five stars? That'd be so cool. And uh, by the way, you know, that sharing thing that would be so cool if you uh, reached out to just find one person you know a family member a friend a colleague you know just just find that one person who's never listened to to my podcast and say hey you know you you ought to listen to this podcast <laughs> could you do that for me you are awesome enjoy the show you know you're out to eat now and you remember there there would be this low murmur right of like conversation happening and now i'll look at tables and i'm like People aren't really speaking to each other. The child's like playing with the phone. And I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? It's supposed to be like a social outing. So, and I'm, I mean, we all talk about it and we see it happening. And of course, on our end, when you're an educator, you see all the cyber bullying and things. And in, in my mind, I'm like, just log off. Like, it's just so simple, log off. But these kids are in this world of constantly being um, part of social media and trying to make a name for themselves this way. And so- a lot of those feelings I kind of put in, into books because I, you know, you see creativity maybe on the STEM end, but some of their 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 brilliance to me is is kind of being impacted by um, technology in in a in a negative way. To be perfectly honest with you, it's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to ten and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Stimuletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dot Stimuletto. Brittany Holmes has a passion for educating children. It began with writing on her teacher's chalkboards after school. Her favorite feeling was the silky smooth chalk caked on her fingers. Fast forward many years later, Brittany found herself a mom to Tristan, a boy with special needs. Being an educator, she never imagined that she would have a child who struggled academically. Tristan is also on the autism spectrum, and Brittany soon realizes the same feelings that were soothing to her growing up irritated her son. As much as she loves Tristan, she could not deny the difficulty in raising a child with special needs. A huge support to Brittany was her mom, affectionately known as Nana. Nana doted on Tristan and displayed patience with him during the most difficult times. Brittany is the author of a series of children's books called A Boy and His Nana. And they're really cool and great artwork and good, really neat stories. You'll love Thank that stuff. Um, Brittany Holmes also is the author of the 212 series. Brittany has been an educator for over 20 years. She remembers watching a parent trying to register their child for school. In order for the child to be quiet and not bother the parent, the child was handed a device. When the parent wanted their phone back because they had finished registration, the child threw a fit. They screamed and started kicking. The parent handed the device back and immediately the child calmed down. 
She witnessed many incidents similar to this over the years. So when she started the 212 trilogy, a lot of her personal feelings about technology's impact on people inspired her writing. The first book in the series, The Writ 212, was written and published seven days before the COVID-19 pandemic shut down the world. Many who were closed in during the pandemic read her first book, The Writ 212, and found eerie similarities to the content and the state of the world, calling the book insightful and ahead of its time. During the pandemic, Brittany released the prequel, The Warnings 212, which delves into the lives of her characters. Again, readers found many parallels to the world's future and the book's contents. Readers of the 212 series share similar concerns about where the world is headed if we continue our dependency on technology. Brittany enjoys writing about her passions and uses both the children's book series and science fiction series to share knowledge, spread consciousness, and build relationships with those who have similar thoughts and experiences. Brittany, thanks so much for being on the show again. Great to have you back. Say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me back. I, I enjoyed it, so I wanted to see you again, Steve. Well, I appreciate it, Brittany. It's awesome to see, and it's amazing how much stuff has gone on since the last time we talked, because we right. talked <laughs> during that time as we were entering the, the pandemic, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's been a while. So it's it's it has definitely been a while. We have perfected the whole online situation. We were all learning Zoom at one time, and now we're all pros. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Whether you like it or not, there is this thing in our vocabulary now called a Zoom meeting, <laughs> whether you're using right, Zoom or yeah, not, correct. <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. So, um, so you know, when we last spoke, you were an assistant principal at Shiloh Elementary School in Gwinnett County, Georgia. All right, you got to catch us up because you've had other things happen. I have. So uh, I am now a principal at Rosebud Elementary School in Loganville. Very cool. Congrats. So um, that's one thing. And then I got married. So I'm now Brittany Holmes, not Brittany Riddick. So that's been, you know, all the, all kinds of life changes. Very cool. Congratulations <laughs> there, too. So good stuff. That's um, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things going on. So awesome stuff. I, all right, Brittany. So, so much has happened since the last time we talked, which was on this podcast episode 331. And to kind of give you an idea, I'm now at like 621. All right. So, wow. so wow. a little bit of time's gone by and we've had this yeah. and, and the, you know, <laughs> we talked then about your book, The Writ 212. The episode was posted on July 2nd, 2020. One of the themes has to do with the dangers of technology in our lives. Could you talk about this before we talk about your prequel, Second World, The Warnings 212? Yeah, so um, kind of similar to the little blurb that you read, I um, started noticing a few things just being in schools. I would just write it down like, that's strange. <laughs> like, kid just threw a temper tantrum. And it wasn't, it was different than like a tantrum just because you want something. It was like really technology. Like we started switching and it was like the kids were having these breakdowns about not getting computer time. And I was like, this is like, what is happening? Um, and so I kind of logged those things in and then, you know, you're out to eat now and you remember there, there would be this low murmur, right. Of like conversation happening. And now I'll look at tables and I'm like, people aren't really speaking to each other. The child's like playing with the phone and I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? It's supposed to be like a social outing. So, and I'm, I mean, we all talk about it and we see it happening. And then of course on our end, when you're an educator, you see, all the cyber bullying and things. And in, in my mind, I'm like, just log off. Like, it's just so simple, log off. But these kids are in this world of constantly being um, part of social media and trying to make a name for themselves this way. And so a lot of those feelings I kind of put in, into books because, I, you know, you see creativity maybe on the STEM end, but some of their 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 brilliance to me is is kind of being impacted by um, technology in, in a, in a negative way, to be perfectly honest with you. 
Oh, that's so just right on. I agree with you because, I mean, there's some of the things my my least favorite is when you look and there's a family sitting at, you've gone out to dinner and they're sitting at the dinner table and all of them are looking at their phones. Right. And, it's, and I'm like, come on, talk to each other. Yeah, and sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll just do like a countdown. Like when, when are they going to look up? And it, it, they, they don't look up. No, Who they comes and I don't even know if they look up at the waiter. They just keep, <laughs> keep going. Right, right. Exactly. It's crazy. And it's, you know, one of the, just, there's so many different things out there, but the, you know, the technology, you know, this whole thing, because we weren't talking then about AI. I mean, if we were, it was, you know, people just talking about right. when or this right. or that. Now our world's just filled with this thought of what AI is or isn't. And, you know, some people worry. Yeah. Worried and as completely. an educator, I'm so torn, right? Because we're moving into that direction and then the push is to incorporate it in classrooms. And, you know, you just have to kind of be a little safe with it. And that's why I was like, I, I think I told you earlier, I was like, I got to get the book out because I had a lot of thoughts prior to some of these concepts becoming mainstream. You know, even three years ago, some of this stuff wasn't as mainstream as it as it is now. So I was like, I got to get it out there. And then fingers crossed, somebody from Netflix will come and say, this is beautiful. Let's put this on no, it's, TV. It's awesome. It's coming. It's going to happen. It's good. Yes, st- there we go. There we go. Good stuff. Well, it's, it's just so much where we see this with the technology. I mean, because you have things and in your book that are uh, um, references to, and whether it's quite there yet or not, no, I, I, now it's with AI, I, yeah, I think we're getting even closer because like uh, my favorite is the sidewalks that, that, yeah. that yeah. tell you about things to purchase and stuff like this. And, you know, it's, you know, one of the things, you know, stores and things like this that you can walk into and purchase and that I, you know, that we have right now where you right, it's right. identify with your phone, you walk in there, you pick stuff up and walk out and it charges, charges it to your phone. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the concept in the book is so similar and it is more along the lines of um, most of the people in my book by this time for various reasons um, have been chipped. And so just being able to walk in and out of a store without waiting in a line. So now um, they can, you can just scan whatever's in your basket and your body is a human computer. So it just deducts it from your physical person. Um, and so some of the people I think walk out, push a card out and that's it. It's you're charged. You're done. It's amazing. You're done. It's amazing how close we are to that. Cause we're, right. you know, we have uh, Elon out there talking about chipping people to, <laughs> to right. do different and things. I think it's going to catch on. It's, you know, right now you have the backlash of people saying, no, 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 we don't want it. And you know, two different camps, but I think uh, technology is moving faster than we're able to protest. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's uh, I'm I'm a big uh, there's, I love sci-fi. I've I've yeah watched and read and all kinds of stuff over the years, and I'm a little sure we're getting pretty close to Terminator Land right now. So. Right, that's what it feels like. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. absolutely. At some point, so get, get into the stuff that you're writing about, where you know you're a little worried about what's going on, that what people are listening to. Because I got to say this, I mean, right now we're going to get to a question about this in a minute, but uh, you know, every day you hear somebody say. I'm pretty sure my phone or speakers listening to me because it keeps, right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and they're like, and, no, and no, you know it's happening now. Like, um, I think I, before, right before here, I, I went, drove through Panera and got something to eat real quick. And the next thing I know, I picked up my phone and the Panera, I mean, all I did was drive through the line and order at Panera. And I'm sure they heard me order from Panera. And then all of this, all of my feeds are like coupons and 
I was just like, this is getting creepy. Right, right. It's not listening. No, it just so happens that it gave you those coupons. Nice. Yes, that is that world we're in. Very cool. um, Well, maybe not very cool, depending on where it's going. Um, Yeah, depends. Depends. (laughs) Yes. Um, All right. So Second World, The Warnings is a prequel. Why would you stop moving forward to share the past? So the intent of the books was always to kind of write the one in the middle first, because I always thought it would be kind of cool to allow readers to connect to some of the readers in the, in the first world that we, well, you know, the second world is what I call it. And then in, in the future. So you'll get a little bit of glimpse of both. Um, And I thought that right now with as fast as the world is moving, Going to the the third book that is going to be a little bit more fantasy than sci-fi would probably not the best move because, like I said, it's moving so fast. A lot of this stuff I wrote three years ago prior to becoming a principal um, kind of paused for a minute, did not realize pandemic would happen, it became a school principal that, became, that was extremely busy um, and a lot of things happening. But when I picked it back up, I was like, girl, you better write fast because they are working. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure that I developed this world that still felt futuristic. um, But that wasn't it still is like just that one notch ahead of where we are in in some areas. But you can see it. You can relate to the fact that, oh, this is happening. We're we're about to be there. So I thought that was really important. And and then I think, too, the characters are really struggling with a lot of the things that we're struggling with right now. So I thought it would make it very relatable. It very much does. Very much does. I got to tell you, yes, it's and scary does by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So make sure that at this point, can you explain second world and YSW because okay. um, this was uh, a big part of, of your first book. Right. Which, right. And and now it's it really comes forward and you understand a lot a lot of what you're talking about in uh, your prequel here. So can you talk yeah. about those things? So the first thing was to take feedback. Um, so when I wrote the Writ 212, which was the first book release, and in my mind that was the book in the middle of the series, and you received feedback, it was really important for me to go back, edit, kind of define some things for the readers based on what I was hearing. Um, and so when I did the prequel, you, the, you can kind of see the uprising of all the things that are mentioned in the writ, right? So in the writ, there's a lot of mention. You, you hear the YSW. You hear these people are upset with the YSW. And the YSW is nothing really more than almost like this pop culture group. So you have that elders who are um, more mature people who may not necessarily use technology as much. And then you have the YSW who for, they, they are all techie. They are all in that everything is like super cool to them. And they're smart in their own way because they're using, they know how to use this technology. It, it's they're they're well versed in this technology. And so they're just part of this culture and um, they celebrate this, a guy named Dietrich Dollard because Dietrich Dollard is almost like our, like you said, Elon Musk of today, right? So this man is like creating all of these amazingly cool things. And so they celebrate him. And, and somebody asked me, they were like, well, is he the, is he the, the ruler of the world? No, no, no. But he is so powerful because he, he works behind and he does the security systems and 
all of the technology for the computer systems and phones and apps. And so eventually, like, he becomes the person that pretty much controls the world because he controls all the technology, even though he's not the face of, you know, the leader of the world. So the YSW really, really um, praise and celebrate him in a way. Like, he's almost this untouchable uh, person because they think he's so brilliant. And and I call them uh, youth of the second world because um, as you read the the book, um, you'll see like undertones of spiritual stuff from the Bible. And so if you do do read the Bible, you'll know that the first world was destroyed in the flood, right? And so technically we're living in the second second world, the second world that was created. And so this is that that young group of people who love technology and are just if you if you read the book, it always feels like there's just it's always busy. Like they're upset about something. They're protesting things. They stand on their platforms. And, and so even now when I watch social media and I see everybody has a platform for something and they're using technology and social media to kind of just always voice their opinion. Um, I just think the noise is going to get louder. And so that's kind of, that's that group. That's that YSW youth of the second world, like chanting that on. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. I, you know, one of the things that I got to, um, I gotta say here and commend you for is that, you know, um, something that really had to inspire you to write, um, this series because, you know, a lot of people have ideas, but those ideas never become a book and, right. and you have, um, two books here and in the, in the third one. And at the same time, you're an educator and now a principal. And, uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've got all these other things that, that could be right, interfering right. with it. So, uh, right. So how did, how did how did it how did it become a book? I mean, how did you take the idea? What inspired you to really make see it through? So the like I said, the first book came, and I was really just jotting down like things, like ideas, almost like a little journal. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just saw a kid throw a tantrum because they couldn't get on the computer today, or or I would write things down that like like sometimes it would break my heart. Like you know, why aren't parents talking to their kids anymore, you know, those kinds of things. So that's kind of where that started. And then, um, and then once I got the first book out, and so COVID actually helped me kind of get the first book out, which is gotcha. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because um, there was this shift in how we were doing things and we were trying to figure so much out at the time. And so, um, so I was actually polishing up some, things while we were not necessarily in person and you know that kind of thing and then the second book I just kind of fell right into it. I was like don't stop writing I kept hearing people say don't stop writing just write it down just keep writing like just write it and then what I did was I said but write it try to write it with the feedback in mind that everyone gave you. So that way your first draft is a better draft than your third draft of the first book. If that makes sense. Oh, it does. Very good and sense. so I was like, do it like this and then we'll keep going through it and we'll reread and we'll reread. Well, I got, I became a principal. And so that kind of got put down for a little while. And, um, but it was me watching like certain things happen. I said, oh my God, I wrote about this. And I was getting jealous. I was getting jealous. <laughs> I was like, I don't want these people watching Netflix or th these series and think I didn't think about it. I had these thoughts too. So <laughs> it kind of put me in a hyperdrive. Um, so I have to definitely give a shout out to people being patient with me 
being newly married and having a husband and then kind of saying, I got to write a book. He's like, what in the world is happening? <laughs> but um, nice. just people being patient with me. Um, but believe it or not, I can get a lot of it done because I don't watch a lot of TV and nice. I don't do a lot of social media. So Very cool. So that's a good yeah. advertisement for that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Uh, kudos to you too. They uh, All right. So let's talk about this world that you have, because one of the things that becomes very apparent immediately in, in, uh, this book, the, the second world, the warnings two twelve, the prequel is that, uh, there's a lot of concern that there people can hear what they're talking about or thinking about or, and, right. uh, that, so they gotta be careful about what they say. And, and it is kind of funny because in a world right now where a lot of us are questioning whether our smart speakers and our phones actually right. <laughs> know more about us than what we, you know, the companies keep saying, no, 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 just keep on talking. We're good. You know, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what this, uh, you know, why are they concerned? What's going, what's, what's that all about? Right. So what is interesting is I had uh, a few people um, read the book and they kind of shared with me what the world felt like to them reading the book and it's always interesting to hear it from another perspective because as I'm writing I can I feel like I see the things but I'm wondering if they can you know see what I'm writing and so they were like I picture a lot of color and I picture it being very vibrant which is interesting because they also mentioned this like dull orange hue that's constantly kind of around because um you know the world is kind of polluted by this time and Things just aren't as clean and clear, but there's this vibrant color because you're this, the book takes place in the city. So some people ask me, where does 212 come from? 212 was a number that kind of, I felt like God just gave me that number. And then as I started reading through it and reading the meaning of 212, like 212 is a boiling point. Like that's the last temperature degree before you hit boiling. Like that's right at the cusp of the end of the world. Right. And then 212 is also... If you notice, they talk about area code a lot in the book, but it is the area code for Manhattan. And so just picturing like a, a, a city that's really super vibrant, um, that's got a lot going on, um, but also has these screens that aren't working just one way. It's not that you're just watching the screen, the screen is watching you. Um, the book starts off with this new surveillance and and the image I was trying to create was we're already being watched, right? But you have these groups of people that feel like it's invasive. And so what they do, they make cute little birds that are perched on uh, lamp, um, you know, like street light posts and, and on trees, but they have these glowing blue eyes and they're watching you. And so, but it, but if you, if you make it look like a bird, then it's more acceptable to like spy on people. Um, And you have all of these little things that are kind of flying around. Like I think it gets to the point where one of these things like flies in the window because uh, of a family, because they're supposed to be on silence hours. And when the thing flies in, it's looking to see if you're actually talking at the time. Um, And so the world, it, it feels very monitored. Like, and there is a group of people that are allowed to have a little more freedom. And that is the YSW. But not if you read the book, you also realize that what the YSW are or on these layers of um, social class, and so the the world is very unique in the fact that you you also have elevations that allow you to know um, that you're a little bit higher class, and so you're actually elevated above. Like um, I described them driving, like Solomon, the main character is walking, 
And a lot of people are walking around and it's constantly busy. But if you have a little bit of money, then you can fly at this altitude. And you have a little more money, you can fly at this altitude because and there's less air traffic in, in those areas. And then Dietrich Dollard, who's super wealthy, um, he lives far above that. So I wanted to create a world that is not only like horizontal, but vertical. And, you know, you really get a sense of all the dimensions and what that means um, in terms of social class. Very cool. Cause you, you really do get a feel for that. And I, you know, you, you, uh, it's very stratified and, uh, and the, it's kind of ominous about how that YSW has, has way out of, you know, all you got to do is, uh, and I won't go into too much detail here cause I don't right. want to weigh things, but you know, there's just gotta, all you got to do is just whatever it is, you know, type thing. Right. and not Find to give on that the dotted line and it's all yours. You can right. have all the, all the riches of the world. Right. And so that's one of those things that even the main character kind of struggles with that from time to time, which is, which is really, it really makes you feel um, kind of this place they're in um, where, you know, this, in, this feeling that I don't want to do that because I need to, you know, I want to be my own person type thing, but yet right. I'm, uh, this is, there's an ominous tone here when uh, right. you don't follow um, the rules, I guess. Right. And he's in, in constantly being watched and, and, you know, down to everybody knowing who is part and who is not a part. And even though their people have different chips or things in their arm, they know they can track who is and who isn't. And, um, and, and Solomon struggles with that because his family is trying to kind of hold on to those core values, but the world around them is just inundated and is so far gone. And, you know, it creates rifts within his own family trying to, you know, explain to people why he can't have or do certain things that everybody else can do. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's in that, that little blue light. Um, you know, there's right. multiple Constantly conversations about, different. about, look, the lights on, there's the, the blue, the lights on, you know, it's like, right. Right. <laughs> you know, big brother is watching you. Yes. And big the, brother is watching. It becomes very, um, you know, they're always being watched, but uh, when that blue light is on and they they have this new ordinance that's like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Um, but it becomes almost like that's something we say, but in the book, it becomes almost creepy, right? Because right, right. if you're talking, you, you can be met with severe consequences. Which is scary stuff. There's you know, yeah. just a side note, there's a whole thing about uh, the, the punishment for using paper. So I thought that was... Right. It's an interesting thing too. Right. And and it's crazy again, like we did this a long time ago. And I used to um like I think it came again, work inspires a lot. So I'm in there scanning in stuff, right? I'm scanning in documents because we don't want all this mess, like piles and piles of paper. Right. And of course my mind is like, but what eventually we'll be in a place where nothing is paper. Can we track like what it originally said? How do we know like things are changing over time? Like there's things I'll look up. And then I'll go back and I was like, I don't think that's what I remember. And I, it's happening already, you know, um, have you, I think there's this thing that they'll ask like old symbols or like commercials. And we all, the whole world has this memory of a commercial being a certain way. And then they'll say, nope, this is what it really said. I'm like, it wasn't. Get a massive group of people like this to remember a certain thing, a specific way. And you're saying it was different. So it's just, it's kind of scary, but yeah, paper is illegal in this second world. 
Yeah, that's wild because, you know, it, some of what you're talking about is uh, the whole thought that uh, all these people can remember it wrong. I mean, you know, that's right. one, one of the things we, we do it with lyrics, we do it with situations, and there's a lot of studies <laughs> now that talk about how people, you know, they, as time goes on, you 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 swear this is how it happened, but it turns out right. that you're it's missing so some stuff in it. It's so funny to me. Yeah, and, it's, and so one of the things, like you're talking about, is that I think people a lot of times get, uh, you know, the um, two very memorable phrases, memorable sentences from the um, the original Star Wars movies. One is a Yoda-ism and one is a, is a Darth Vader comment. And right. there's something about, the one is the, the comment about how he says the whole thing about him being his father. And right, the, right, right, right. And it's, right. Just, it's just funny how it, we all have this this disease, which we get it wrong. You know, it's like nice, right. nice. And so. as you wonder if, if that's true or are things kind of being manipulated slowly but surely over time. And so um, in the book, that's kind of one of the, the concepts, right? And so there's, if you have a certain amount of wealth, you can order and have the printed copies of things. And so there's a character that actually lets us see some of the changes that have occurred over time because they have that wealth. But, um, but yeah, I, I do feel like slowly but surely you just change a couple words here and there and it can change the entire meaning of something. And so, you know, I think in some ways it becomes uh, something that we just need to be aware of that as history is written, are we making sure that it was written accurately? Do we remember <laughs> that's a good point because it's like one, yeah. of the, one of the things that's definitely in there. I mean, when when the, the one character lets the um, character Solomon see the two different books on multiple topics, where right. there's stuff right. that's that's changed from this coffee. And you can see the ago. new um, the people who are now in place, right? That they become the the hero of you know of yes. the story, even though that's not necessarily how it originally was written. Right. It's, it's it's oh, that's very scary. That's uh, um, you know one of the things that uh, I got to make sure we talk about is your characters try avoiding something that is called a YSW discount, and some right. of them want to live without. Um, can you talk about the discount and what comes with it? Because it's it's kind of an ominous part of it. Right. So um, I will tell this part of the story. So Solomon has a really good friend and his friend, him and his friend were like the last two that hadn't given into the YSW. And again, that is almost like this like pop culture group. Right. And you become once you kind of allow yourself in, in most of the ways, it's basically <clears throat> like another version of a chip. So everyone at once and now is chip, like even Solomon is, but you, he doesn't have a chip that actually lets people know. And I'm touching my arm because in my mind, that's where they were put in their arm. But, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the chip that lets them know he's part of the YSW. And so like when, when we talked earlier about him checking out of stores, like he doesn't get the discount. They know his chip. They know he's not one of them. And so his bill is three, four, five times higher than everyone else. And so he has this friend that he works with at Reader's Publishing that 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 one little subset that allows printing to happen. And uh, his friend gives in and he says, hey, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm not making good money. Um, they promised me more money, you know, and I think it was even for doing something like bring coffee. Like it wasn't like a big job, but he's going to make a lot more money because he find he's one of the last people to give in. And he says, and I got 
basically like I got this um, perk, like they're letting me use, uh, get, you know, trips and all of these other things. And he says, and I'll let you borrow some of my perks. And so Solomon's like, oh, this is going to be great because his he hasn't done anything with his family in a long time. We'll go to Clearwater Beach because all the water was yucky. But if they could elevate themselves into this different, you know, atmosphere, he can actually see this beautiful beach. And so he takes the perk and uh, the YSW find out about that. And it's almost like you're getting the perk without being a member. It's kind of going to sam's club right now there are people standing at the door of sam's club checking your card like (laughs) the problem with that is say i just wanted to go to sam's club to look and maybe i just i might end up getting my sam's club card afterwards but they are not letting you into sam's club right now unless you actually show them the physical card and so that's very much like solomon is using the perk but he wasn't the member and um once the ysw find that out it is all eyes on him. There are people and, and birds and eyes looking at him from all, all <laughs> different directions. And then he's starting to get lots of uh, uh, digital messages and mail that kind of, you know, let him know, like, you owe us some money or you can sign now. You can give us your fingerprint, your digital message, your signature, and we'll let it all go. And uh, And he struggles with that almost through the entire book. Yeah, it's very powerful, especially with uh, uh, just just different things in our world where it makes you think about um, everything from Owen to the company store type thing to right, right. You know, it's uh, it's 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 a scary scary stuff, especially that they um, don't appreciate the fact that you're borrowing or using somebody else's or something like this, and you can cause right. a lot of problems. Right. You know what? Um, one of the things that uh, you know, as your chapters it, throughout your book. Whenever there's a new chapter, you have a warning that comes from the writ. And um, can you explain what the writ is and who Jaw is? Yes. So like I've said a few um, times throughout like our conversation, this I do feel like it's a spiritual book in some way, right? And so even though it's science fiction, um, the writ is almost like the second world's version of the Bible. And the writ actually carries on throughout the my original book that I, you know, um, published, which is the middle book in the series. And that is really their guide. That is what they're supposed to be reading. That is what they're supposed to be using, um, not only in the, in the second world, but when they wake up and start the new world, that's what they're supposed to be using. Well, Jaw is um, in this book like God for them. So even I think there's a scene in there where um, Solomon is being chased and he's like, oh, Jaw, Jaw, Jaw. It's like us saying, oh, God, 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 please don't let this happen, right? And so <clears throat> that is him. And it's funny because um, he does not really have a very strong relationship with Jaw at first. And it is through um, his gift that he develops a relationship with Jaw, but Jaw had given him this gift from the from childhood. He had visions, and all the time these things would be coming true. He didn't really know how to interpret these things, but he would get all these glimpses of things to come. And Jaw gave him that as a gift so he could start being aware of how the world was going to come to an end. Um, but yeah, the 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 writ is. Um, the warnings is like the, all the things that he's starting to, that is starting to happen in the end of the second world. 
And so the warnings is like a section of the writ that is like, okay, beware of. They're all these like beware or, and they should kind of allude to what's going to happen in the chapter next. You know, and, and by the way, it's, as you get deeper and deeper into the book, it, many much of that is, you know, there's trouble. <laughs> right. There's, be, be, beware. Something's going to happen, you know. Yes, exactly. And I like then that. In the writ, it's similar. And that's one of the things, like, I think I talked to you about earlier was, like, um, re, like editing the book and just kind of getting that same flow. Because the writ is mentioned a lot in my first book. It's called The Writ. But I like the structure of like giving each chapter, like almost like a scripture per se, that kind of yes. tells you what's going to happen. And in the writ, it'll be a little bit different um, than the warnings because the warnings is all about how the second world is coming apart. Um, and so the writ will actually, in if you read have read the first book, it's chapter 212 that's written that is like, this is your directions for how to live in this world. And so um, I'll try to structure it very similar to how I did this book. That's excellent because it really reads well because it's like, uh, um, okay, so you know there's trouble coming, but then when you get the warning from the writ that kind of lays it out that, you know, right. you, yeah, you got a lot of yeah. trouble coming. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. The uh, You know, one of the things that uh, th this world is filled with technology that talks with people using it, which I think is funny, you know, one of the, devices, you know, likes the fact that somebody actually thanks them. Um, right. <laughs> thanks it and still says thank you to them. I think that's how right, you write it, right, something like right. that. And, uh, you know, one of the, um, you know, I mean, what do you, you, you share a lot about this technology and we're, this is where, and I mean, we're so close to it. We are so close. To this type of stuff. And it's like, uh, I mean, you know, can you just talk a little bit about where, you know, where you're kind of going with Because, there's good and bad centered here. I mean, I, 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 right. I'm pretty sure I'd get annoyed if my, uh, you know, my door kept thanking me or, you know, hope, glad that I used it or something like this or whatever, but, uh, or, you know, cabinets or any other number of things. Um, and, you know, right now a lot of people think it's cute to make, uh, you know, one of those smart speakers because um, they've programmed it that if you say thank you to it, it might say something. It'll recognize the words. It might say something to you like, you're welcome. Or it might say that was very right. nice of you to thank me or something like that. You know, <laughs> it's all, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a weird uh, place because it's almost like this false sense of, um, you know, being courteous or kind because it's not coming from any place other than uh, programming. Right. But right. The, the genuine empathy or, you know, appreciation of the, of the words is, is not there. You're talking about. So it, it Solomon has a doorman and, you know, the doorman is now AI. And he actually talks about a little bit about when he was replaced. Like he knew the difference. He looked exactly like the real doorman, except for he had those piercing blue eyes. And the, and so um, I think that's the guy he says, you know, thank you too. And then there's an elevator too, like, you know, that appreciates them saying thank yes. you. And, and I think we're programmed in this place where, um, you know, they're creating the devices to make you feel, well, it's almost like talking to a real person, you know, and I think that can get super scary if we don't realize that this is all programming and it becomes very fake. It's not, it's not genuine. It's not real. Um, that, so that, just watching some of those things. Yeah. And that's what I love about where you're going and your writing. Cause it's like, uh, um, it's, it is scary stuff because if, if you don't, if you don't stop to go, 
yeah, this is programming. Yeah, right. There's stories all the time right now about how people are having relationships. I know you, right. you know, with, with AI and it's like, right. really? Okay. Yes. Really? Are they? And and then what does that say? Like, even in the book, they celebrate the, the first marriage between human and AI. And yes. it's this big celebration um, in one of their little news flashes. And so it's, it's interesting. And even um, one of the characters, the child, the children have a character uh, friend, bully friend friend bully um named norman and norman is a mean dude but then you get to see why he's kind of the way he is because you know his parents lock him up in a in a dome and he actually attends school virtually he doesn't his physical body is never out of this dome he, he is sent virtually into a school setting that would be wild that would be messed up right. <laughs> so you know <laughs> Um, you know, it's, uh, you got a lot of stuff going on and I, and I love this because it's, uh, it, it reads really well and it, it makes you want to read more and you want to, and you, you get a little paranoid that maybe, uh, you know, Brittany is a soothsayer for the, <laughs> for where we're going. Cause it's like, uh, cause some of this stuff, you know, it's, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, you, you get into is these different apps and, uh, right. I'm not going to mention what one of the characters does with them, but if you just think about the names, one of them is called the Vaporizer. Right, <laughs> and, right. And one of them is a time, oh, is it time uh, snatcher. Yes, not just a tank. time snatcher. The time snatcher one was so much fun to write for me um, because I've said this out loud and then I was like, that's kind of weird. So I, I've been <laughs> like seeing, like I have so many things I feel like I, that I'm trying to do, right? And I want to be good in all of all of those things. And then I can look at people who are just like chilling, you know, they're watching TV or like whatever. Right. And then you'll hear them say, Oh, I don't have time to get it done. And I'm like, Oh my God, if I could just snatch the time away from you, I would just actually use it. <laughs> and so that became the, the idea for that um, was, nice. boy, if there was ever a time where I could wish I could take an app. I would love to everybody who says they don't have time and they're wasting time. I don't have enough hours in the day to get everything done. Like so that. that was a fun one to write. Um, the vaporizer, I think the kids in the, in the, in the story had, they, they, they did a little too much with that one, but they definitely had fun with it. But I yes. think my favorite was time snatcher. And if anyone reads the book, you'll see why it became an important app um, to use. Very much so. Very much so. Cool. Cool stuff. So, there's, yeah, because there's there's a whole bunch of worlds here. There's adults. I mean, even though you have the world, there's you've got the adults and you've got kids, and right. the kids are having to deal with some stuff that's right. you know, pretty serious as much as the adults are having to deal with it. Plus, each side, each of you know the adults and the kids have the people that they have to deal with. <laughs> right. So. You got your protagonist, antagonist. You got all the all the people in there, and and I don't know who's listening to this right now, but um. It's you would have to read it because it, it all comes together. Like I'm sure it sounds like, what is this girl over here talking about? All these different technology things, but I think if you read it, you can see where all the pieces fit together, and it's like, oh my gosh, oh, this could actually happen. Very much so. <laughs> very, very much so. It's a um, there's a lot of very scariness. Um, good, you know, this is uh, you know, good. I mean, just uh, I. I think you've done a really good job with this, Brittany. And I think that yeah, uh, I appreciate it. And uh, it really, uh, there's you know, you develop feel feelings for the characters, you know, um, the, uh, that you, you want, you want it to work out, you want it to do right, right. and, and right. things to happen that way. And, uh, and, 
and that just speaks highly to uh, um, how you're writing and such. The you know one of the things that uh, I got to make sure that I talk about here is that uh, before we go is that uh, you know you've got uh, um, this whole this whole focus. You got this uh, um, you know and the warnings and this is as a prequel and you're you're talking about the characters and things going on. Get let's put it all together and do a commercial for us for why the listeners should read. Why listeners should read. If you are at all a conspiracy theorist or you think the world is going down the tubes right now, this could be the book for you because you might say, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. And and it actually may, my, my real goal with any of this, and I, and I, you know, I do practice this is to really hope that people would spend a little more time with their families and a less time with technology and building what is real and not getting caught up in this world that really does not matter at the end. Um, and in this book, you see all of that stuff, none of it mattered um, at the end. And so hopefully people will, will come along and do that. And, and that's why I say 212. I try to do two hours and 12 minutes of the day. I'm, I'm making my poor new husband. He's like, oh my gosh, she has all these weird things that she does. But two hours and 12 minutes of the day, just completely disconnected and doing something. I don't care if it's like walking or just, just be disconnected. Like just be disconnected. Let your mind think, let your mind be free of all the words that come through technology. And then you'll, I think you'll reconnect with all your brilliance. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. uh, Brittany, as, as we're closing up, if someone wanted to find out more, reach out to you, connect with you, where would you send them? Well, there are several places. So I have my website, beinghomes.com, um, that you can find information on. That'll also connect to my email, which is um, contact at beinhomes.com. And then if you're looking for a book, I'm on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And of course, you can order through the website. Very cool. And I'll have that information in the show notes so it's easy to find and easy to do. I got one last question for you, Brittany. It goes, like, it goes like this. You know, how did you create the world where your characters live? I mean, did you do anything special to make sure that you kept your characters and their roles consistent? Because it, it's, it is, and it feels very real. Well, yes. So outlining is great. And honestly, feedback is so crucial. And that's, I think, um, kind of offline. We talked, if I could tell my students anything, I think taking feedback, not being offended by feedback, taking the feedback, listening to people, because they do, they will become attached to characters. And so there's going to be an expectation of how a character should act or how they should behave or respond. And I think one of the reasons why my writing was better this time and the world was better this time was because of the feedback. I remember when I wrote my first book, the person told me, I could tell when you knew who your characters were. And it took a while for me to speak and think and act like the characters. And now I'm in a place where my mind, if I'm switching characters, my mind shuts off from one and I think through the lens of the other one. Um, And so just making sure you take the feedback, creating outlines of characters is really good um, from their physical description. And I was real careful not to put physical description things in here. I might talk about eye color or belly size or something like that, but I was real, you know, I think the the political place that we're in, I was like, let me not attach skin color. Let me let people just kind of, kind of put whatever physical attributes they want to see. But I think it is important just to define them and kind of start thinking with their mind. Right. So uh, 
kids, if you're out there, if anybody's listening, like feedback is critical, making sure that you're listening to people as they say, you know, I thought that that character would have done such and such because of how you wrote them. Just making sure you stay in that same vein and then write down how they respond. If they're a little snarky, if they're a little angry, if they're a little snip, snippy, whatever their attribute is, make sure that you write through that lens so that way it feels consistent. Awesome. I love that advice. That's so cool. And uh, it, uh, it it's just definitely shows. And especially, I, I what a great thing not to write descriptions because then we get to use our imaginations. It's how, right, we, right. how we think of it as opposed to being told how to think. Hey. Yeah, and I loved, I think you give, in that book, I wanted to give just enough, but I loved one of the people came to me and said, you know, what's funny, you didn't put skin color, but I wasn't even picturing like a like typical skin color. They were like, some people I saw was yellow and green and purple. And nice. and so that was interesting to me because that's where their mind let them go with with that. Very cool. That's the way it should be. So you can, uh, it's, it's your own th- thoughts about it. And Right, uh, right. I think you have one of your characters talk about the need for free will. So <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Absolutely. I like that. Awesome. Just stuff. Enough. Yeah. I love it, uh, Brittany. Thank you so much for sharing your book, Second World: The Warnings to Twelve. Uh, losing our ability to live our lives is scary. The thought that our free will will become non-existent is even more so. You got that right. And uh, you've created a storyline that connects so closely with so much of our world today. Kudos to you. Looking forward to reading more. Wishing you all the best than you do. What you do. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see it on TV. I'm waiting for somebody to come and pick this book up and get it on Netflix. Nice. <laughs> nice. Next step. I like that. Good stuff. All right. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. I, I enjoyed every single time. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators. Podcast by educators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.